0: A.T. waiting on the 3-2. Garcia steps, kicks, and deals. And it swung on, hit well to right. Going back on it, Tucker to the track, at the wall. He jumps. It's gone. Yeah. A.T. Yeah. with an opposite field home run, just out of the reach of a leaping Kyle Tucker. And the Phillies take the lead here in the top of the 10th inning. 6-5, Phillies on top. A Saturday morning get-together here on 94 WIP. You probably recognize those two voices. Uh, they were busy last night calling a Phillies game that I think we'll be talking about for the next three hours The we being, yours truly, Jody McDonald, filling in for Glenn Macnet today. Mac has got a family obligation you know full well. He wanted to be here and be able to enjoy today's festivities, Uh, but I got his stead. And Mike Zielski in his usual Saturday morning spot. Uh, Mike, what did you do? Taking a movie? Out to dinner with the wife? What did you do last night, Zielski? Lawrence
1: Welk reruns. <laughs> That's what I did, Jody. No, I mean I was uh I I'm not in Houston obviously here in the studio and was watching the game with some friends from the neighborhood and um it was quite a night. Quite a yep. quite a an interesting night of baseball, let's to to understate it. Let's start with before we start breaking down the game and giving credit where credit is due and man
0: there's a lot of credit that goes around the game took over four and a half hours and there's been a lot of talk about how baseball is this slow moving isn't gonna make it this millennial uh just too boring a game not enough scoring if you were not just riveted to your television or your radio or god bless if you were down there in houston one of the few philly faithful who got in or out and about in many different places see that's one of the fun things about social media You can see other people's parties via either pictures or videotape of how others are doing the same thing you're doing, only doing it in a different place. That is great about social media. If you were not completely enthralled and entertained by that game last night, well, and I'm sorry, you just shouldn't be a sports fan. Plain and simple. I don't care how much of a millennial you are, an NFL fan, an NBA fan, if you did not Thoroughly enjoy and just be enraptured by that entire game. Why the hell are you a sports fan?
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that, Jody. And and this is something that that Glenn and I have talked about, and I'm sure you've talked about it too. The difference between regular season baseball and postseason baseball is so vast, so wide, uh, that it's almost like they're two different sports because you play that game in the middle of June – And you're saying to yourself, okay, maybe I couldn't stay awake for four and a half hours or however long the game was. You play that game uh, on the first night of the World Series and the entire country, or at least the portion of the country that loves baseball, is just locked in for that entire time, Uh, especially once the Phillies got through the lineup once and got to see Justin Verlander because, man, it was looking rough through those first three innings. He did. He pitched very well, but as
0: we well noted before the game started, he's got this World Series thing. He's an all- unquestioned first ballot Hall of Famer, all-time great, but for some reason, he just is not near as good in later October. And yes, the Phillies showed the patience that they've shown all year, and sure, yeah, we'll break it all down. I do want to ask you about one thing you just said, the, the diehard baseball fan. How much are the casual baseball fans paying attention? We know here in Philadelphia, we're talking to a Philadelphia audience right now, Philadelphia and Houston, their teams are in. They are 100% uh, zeroed in and paying attention and uh, sitting on every single pitch. How do you think this one will play? We've got one game of evidence uh, to the casual baseball fan, the good baseball
1: fan, but not the diehard baseball fan across the country this year. That's a good question. I think the casual baseball fan honestly might be a little more interested in this World Series than maybe some previous ones for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Astros without question are the most quote unquote villainous team in the sport, right? <laughs> they they are hated. They are the cheaters. They are the team that's there every year. Uh, they are a good sports villain as a whole. Uh, and you saw a little bit of that last night, right? When Kyle Tucker, kind of preened a little bit after hitting those two home runs Uh, i know the group of fans i was with they were not happy about that and i'm sure a lot of phillies fans uh weren't happy about that and i'm sure a lot of just casual baseball fans were looking at that and saying there goes the astros again that's number one number two the phillies are an interesting team because they only won 87 games during the world during the regular season though they are not the same team. They are not an 87-win team anymore. You know, you look at their records since Rob Thompson took over. They are clearly not a team that just kind of, oh, they were lucky to get in the playoffs, and they only won 87 games. There's obviously a lot of talent on this team. And then thirdly, you have an absolute superstar in Bryce Harper. You have one of the four or five most recognizable players in the sport. And not only that, he's tearing the cover off the ball. So those are some factors that I think will, will draw in the casual baseball fan beyond those of us in the Philadelphia area who are already you know, locked in on this series. I think it's funny that
0: you pointed out Kyle Tucker. If Kyle Tucker was a Philadelphia Philly, they'd be building a statue for him because he talks trash and then comes through and gets two home runs in the first game of a World Series. But because it's against the Phillies, oh, he's a villain. And how dare he preen? I, not the word I would use to describe, <laughs> uh, but uh, I show I off, wait. I guess. Uh, I get where you're coming at, um, coming from, and the casual baseball fan may look at it a little bit different. I, I don't want to talk to the casual baseball fan much today. I'd rather talk to the diehard Philly fan. This team is just amazing, and they, they may win three more games, and we may have a parade, and then it's going to go down. It's an all-time great, but even if it doesn't, just the way this team has done what it's done over the past year. It's not even six weeks because, yeah, they had to scratch and claw and go up and down and peak and Valley in September just to grab that last playoff spot. But from the time Nola spun the masterful game that he had that got them in in Houston, not near as good last night, uh, to uh, where we sit today, the way that they just have this never-say-die attitude and the resilience they show, week in and week out, game in and game out, now week in and week out, good couple of weeks, Mike. I, I don't know that we've ever seen a team like this. Uh, we, we're doing a lot of this. Howard just did it. Let's remember the uh, couple of bad old days when teams underachieved, where everybody's looking at the overachievers and like and trying to comp one team to another. This team is a little bit different. There, there are similarities, characteristics of other great Philadelphia teams in years gone by. But this one is a little bit different than I can ever remember before because they have the ability to just hang tough when the times are tough. They get the big hits. They make the big pitch. The manager pushes the right buttons. Oh, my God, he can do no wrong uh, right about now. <laughs> this team is different for me than any other Philly team I can remember, and I'm here 30-plus years.
1: Yeah, they're they're playing with a looseness and a a kind of relaxed confidence that I think is hard for Philadelphia teams to come by because the fan base is always so invested in the team's fortunes. This team has hit kind of a sweet spot where, by getting in the playoffs the way that they did, they're the sixth seed, uh, they're the underdog, no matter how you want to frame it, no matter how good they've been since firing Joe Girardi and bringing on Rob Rob Thompson. They are a bit of an underdog, but they're an underdog with more than a puncher's chance. And that's kind of a sweet spot, I think, for the fan base where... People look at this and they say, I can give myself to this team. And if it does well, if it keeps rolling along, if it beats the Cardinals and beats the Braves and beats the Padres and maybe wins the whole thing, this is going to be the ride of my my life as a fan. But even if they don't win, okay, they just got in. And I do think the getting in really mattered with this club. I think that was the, you know, the the weight is off the back, the the. Deep breath was taken once they won that game in Houston during the regular season where they clinched the playoff spot. I think you're right about that. And they have been playing like they just, without another way of putting it, they don't give a damn. And that is a very, very enjoyable sort of thing to watch. It's it's similar, and again, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it's very similar to the Eagles' run in 2017-2018. You have to be a loose team to go for it on fourth and goal against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and to call a trick play in that moment, and I feel like the Philly, this Phillies team, if there were a Philly special in baseball, this team would call it and run it, and it would work. <laughs>
0: Philly special to me is Nick Castellanos making sliding catches there in the right go. field. I, can't, I, I, I didn't see that happening once, let alone twice, here in this amazing playoff run. Uh, I like your description of the manager uh, with looseness. We've had a couple of managers in between Charlie Manuel and uh, Rob Thompson. Uh, to all too many Philly fans remember the Ryan Sandberg era and the Gabe Kaplan and the Joe Girardi era. Yeah, Pete McCannon was in there. And I think Pete McCannon is a lot more similar to Charlie Manuel and Rob Thompson than the others are. It's just they had no talent. They were bad baseball team yes. when Pete McCannon managed them. He could have been the loosest guy on the planet, and it wasn't going to be able to raise the talent in the room to, for that team uh, to be able to make a playoff team. But looseness works these days. It really does. It started with Charlie Manuel. We got it now with Rob Thompson. They do. They play such loose baseball, and they play for each other. How many times have we heard a quote before the game, after the game, between days off and stuff like that, that it's all about their guys. Even Riyamuto, when he hit the home run last night in in the dugout with uh, the, the Kenny Rosen. Mm-hmm. Fox. I'm just trying to get on base. Yeah, Because the guys behind me are going to deliver me. That he wasn't trying to hit a home run. Sure enough, it made the second row of the seats. Thank you very much, JT. But that's the way this team has been playing for the last month, Mike. They're all for one and all, one for all, if you
1: don't mind me using a uh, three
0: musketeers line <laughs> here. That's the way they're playing and winning right now.
1: Yeah, it's funny that Real Muto was the guy who really rescued them last night, right? With the two-run double and then obviously the game-winning home run. Uh, I was in the clubhouse after Game 5 of the Padres series, and he spoke—I think it was Game 5. might have been Game 4. Anyway, he spoke at length about the benefit that Kyle Schwarber has brought to the Phillies. And he said, I know the guy hit 46 home runs during the regular season. I know the guy hit one to the moon in Game 1 <laughs> against the Padres. But no matter what he does on the field, it will not equal what he gives us day-to-day in the clubhouse, keeping us loose, keeping us focused— and to me, Jody, baseball, as much as it is about strategy and when do you take your pitcher out and uh, you know the, the tactical moves that a manager might make and the, the, the results of them based on what the players do on the field, more of it, a team success is about work environment to me. It is about do you come to the ballpark and are you put in a position to maximize your ability? And I don't think there's any doubt that Rob Thompson does that for this team. They needed a guy who just came in and said, you know what, I trust you guys. I don't need to be on your backs all the time. I don't need to create an atmosphere of tension, which is what Joe Girardi, who's a good baseball man and a good guy, did. He just did that, and it wasn't a a good alignment for this roster at this moment. And the Phillies have found something here, and, and we can talk about intangibles in sports all the time, and sometimes it's a lot of baloney, I don't think it is in this situation. I think, again, for lack of a better way of putting it, work environment matters, and the Phillies have a great one right now. And Rob Thompson has
0: created that. Kyle Schwarber has certainly helped with that. Uh, The mix of young and old veteran and rookie guys have helped with that. But getting back to the nuts and bolts, what kind of a rabbit's foot does Rob Thompson have in his back pocket right now? Because I sit there and watch the games and the decision to go with Nola over Wheeler. And I I don't agree with everything Rob Thompson does because I've got my own uh, 50 years baseball experience being around the game. And it doesn't mean that I just have to uh, blank check it and sign off that everything Rob Thompson does is right because he's Rob Thompson. Or should I? Because the guy never gets anything. Even when he gets something wrong short-term, it seems to pay off long-term. How good is this guy right now at pushing all
1: the right buttons? He he can't miss. He can't miss right now. And the thing I like about what he's doing, Jody, is he is managing every single game, or at least has since Game 2 of the Padres series of the NLCS, as if it is Game 7 of the World Series. now. And I think, I don't know that anybody's asked him this yet, but I have to think that Game 2 of that Padres series kind of clarified his thinking. Because if you remember, the Phillies took a 4-0 lead in that game. Aaron Nola allows a couple home runs. The Padres make this rally. And the question coming out of that game was, did Rob Thompson stick with Aaron Nola too long? Did he Should he have gotten him out of there sooner before the Padres really started to tee off on him? And if you look at the games ever since then, man, he is managing you know, as if the season will end when that game ends. You know, as if it is Game 7. And he did that last night. He brings in Jose Alvarado in what? The 5th inning. Jose Alvarado, when was the last time he pitched in the 5th inning in any game? I I, did, I haven't looked it up, but, you know, you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, this is the guy who's supposed to pitch in the 7th, 8th, ninth inning, but no, Thompson's going to him right then, right there. Uh, and so I think knowing that helps the entire team. You know, there's no question about what the manager's going to do, how he's going to do it. It is all hands on deck all the time. And in a way, that's kind of liberating. You know, we're, we're talking a lot about how relaxed the Phillies are. I think the way Thompson is managing, again, not just from a work environment situation, but from a strategic situation, contributes to that. And the word that Rob Thompson used after the game,
0: which is exactly what I was saying one time where I was on the same exact page as Rob Thompson, at least after the fact, momentum. Yes. Fall behind 5 nothing. Put up a couple of runs, the momentum has swung in your favor. And momentum is certainly a mobile thing that can go back and forth. And he didn't want to lose the momentum. And he felt that they had the momentum going in their direction. In game momentum is something that that's what a great manager does, he judges it correctly. He did there. He said, we can't lose the momentum. I can't let, uh, them get the, the momentum back on their side. And that's why he went to Alvarado exactly when he did. And again, paid dividends. Yes. David Robertson made us all a little nervous in the ninth <laughs> inning with these, uh, tying and go ahead run at second base. But sure enough, he got the last out. Uh, again, Rob Thompson can do no wrong right now. All right. Uh, he's Mike Sealski. I'm Jody McDonald for Glenn now this morning. It's going to be majoritively Phillies. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. But we don't want to just turn our backs on an undefeated team here in town. The Philadelphia Eagles will get back at it again tomorrow against the Steelers, putting their 6-0 record on the line. I I don't know if you heard me, Mike, but I already locked up a playoff spot for the Eagles. I, I think they've already guaranteed themselves a playoff spot. I don't know about the division because the Giants and Cowboys are hanging on their heels, but they're guaranteed to get a
1: playoff spot but uh, how far do you think this undefeated thing can go? You know, it's a really good question, Jody. I, I actually wrote about this in the Inquirer the other day, kind of a tongue-in-cheek column about, you know, could they go 17-0, and could they go 20-0? and And, of course, I don't think they will. But you look at their schedule and you look at the quarterbacks they're going to be facing. Throughout these final 11 games, you know, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers don't exactly strike fear in your heart. <laughs> you know, uh, Davis Mills and, and the Houston Texans, uh, you know, who else do you have coming up? The, um, the Indianapolis Colts just benched Matt Ryan. Right. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not exactly having a great season. Um, you know, look, uh, if, if you... Ask me, what game do I think they're going to lose? They're probably going to split with the Giants, and they may lose that game in Dallas on Christmas Eve just because you don't know what the circumstances will be. And those are the two teams, as you said, who are right on their heels. But um, this is a team that can win 13, 14 games this season, I I think, very—I shouldn't say very—relatively easily. And I think you're right. I think they're already a playoff team. And we're not completely putting the Eagles in in the rearview mirror, but they're off to the side
0: compared to the Phillies right now. But they'll jump back front and center, and we do want to give them their props because, yeah, they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and they get back after a bye week tomorrow. So we're going to have both a Philly guest and an Eagle guest today. But more importantly, we're going to give you guys a chance to be heard. On our telephone lines, 215-592-9494. Bring your best stuff to the table because we've got a giveaway that our producer Kyle Quinn will be judging the best call that comes in over the course of this three-hour show. We'll be picking up the uh, gift certificate. So uh, we'll get the phones open and rolling right here, right now. 215-592-9494. He's Mike Sielski. I'm Jordan McDonald. In for Glenn now today phillies up one nothing in the world they own game one can they own another series which would be the world series and get us a parade here in philadelphia we're talking about it right here on 94wip t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours